You're listening to the Holy Hot Mess Mom podcast. I'm Heather, and I like to treat this podcast like we're just old friends sitting around in our jam jams with no makeup, a messy bun, and probably some sort of bodily fluid on our shirt from a child. In this show, we chat about homemaking, simplifying mommyhood, Jesus, and everything in between. This is a place where we embrace that life can sometimes be a crazy, beautiful, hilarious mess. I want to give you the encouragement, support, and some practical tips to help you thrive, even when some days you might feel like you're riding the Holy Hot Mess Express. So grab Grab a cup of coffee or wine if it's been one of those days. Relax. Let's chat. We are just six days from the start of Lent 2019. So if you're listening to this, whenever the episode comes right out, it is March 1st and it's almost the start of Lent. Now I get really excited for Lent and for Advent because in the past five years of my life, those seasons have always given me some sort of spiritual growth now. Sometimes they don't, and I get really disappointed, and then I'm all mad about it. Like, oh, I wanted to have this big spiritual awakening during this Advent, and nothing happened. It's not going to happen every time. But I have realized the more effort I put into it, the better it turns out, and the more I feel closer to God at the end of this. So if you've ever wondered why we wear purple in Advent and in Lent, it's because they're both seasons of preparation in the church. And I always thought that it was preparation for like uniting my suffering in Christ passion. But actually, in researching for this episode, I found out that it's not. It's supposed to be preparation for the birth of Christ for Advent, and then preparation for us in Lent is the preparation for our new birth in Christ, a reminder of our baptism, and then also journeying along with those who are going through the preparation to become Christians, and those people become welcomed, get welcomed into the church on Easter Vigil, and then we renew our baptismal vows at the Easter Mass. So this is all preparation for that. So yes, we we do, as we get near the end, we're really supposed to focus on Christ's passion, death, resurrection. But this time of preparation is really supposed to be focused on our baptism. And it all starts with Ash Wednesday. So we all know Lent is the 40 days between Ash Wednesday and Easter Sunday. Little fact that I didn't know until a few years ago is that it's actually 46 days between Ash Wednesday and Easter Sunday. So the Sundays are still part of Lent, but they're not prescribed days of fasting and abstinence. So Lent is supposed to be the 40 days of fasting, of abstaining from something, fasting between Ash Wednesday and Easter Sunday, but the Sundays are not prescribed days for fasting and abstinence. And that's because you're supposed to rejoice on the Lord's day. So where did we get 40 days from? I guess in the early church, it used to be like two strict days of like not eating or anything like right before Easter. But over time, it was kind of meant to model the 40 days of Jesus in the wilderness being tempted by Satan. It all starts with Ash Wednesday. And so I live in Louisiana right now. So Mardi Gras is a big thing. Basically, the second the epiphany happens, it's Mardi Gras season. Mardi Gras means Fat Tuesday. It's only the Tuesday before Ash Wednesday, but we string it out for a whole season and it's so much fun. But the whole purpose of this is I guess it started a long time ago as parties where you would empty out your pantries of many of the restricted items during Lent. And so a lot of people think that means like indulging or maybe it's eating all the chocolate in your house because you're going to give up chocolate or whatever it is. So make a big deal out of Mardi Gras and Fat Tuesday, especially if you have kids to let them know that like, you know, we're having king cake and we're doing this and that because tomorrow starts Lent and it's 40 days of us really praying and trying to get closer to God as we lead up to the 
joyous Easter season. So that brings us to Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday is actually not a holy day of obligation. A lot of people don't know that. It's not. I still suggest you go. Ash Wednesday is meant to be a reminder of our mortality, that we're all going to die. And therefore, because we're all going to die, we have need for a savior, as well as continue on ongoing repentance of our sins so that we can live forever in the kingdom of God. You go and you get your ashes. And sometimes they'll say like, from dust you came and from dust you will remain or return, you know, or re- repent and believe in the gospel, whatever. And I actually looked it up. When are you allowed to wash off the ashes? Anytime. You could get the ashes and turn around and walk right back out. But a lot of people leave them on in an act of humility or an act of evangelization. So you're leaving these ashes on your forehead and you go into a coffee shop and somebody's like, you got some schmutz on your face. And then you can say, oh, actually it's ashes for Ash Wednesday. I'm Catholic. And today's the start of Lent. You know, little evangelization tool. So anyways, we've got Ash Wednesday and that starts now. Ash Wednesday is a day where we need to fast and abstain from meat. So I thought fasting and abstaining were the same things years ago, maybe two years ago or something. I don't know. I actually looked it up because I was curious. And it's not. Abstaining from meat means no meat all day, period. Fasting means that we are only eating one full meal and two snacks during the day. And that those two snacks together don't equal a full meal. No solid foods between meals. And this is only, again, necessary on Ash Wednesday, Good Friday, and all the Fridays in Lent. Now, you might think that that's ridiculous. Like, why is the church telling me how much I can eat? That's because people were putting their own spin on things. Some people were fasting altogether, and you still could choose to do that. But the minimum requirement is this one full meal, two snack thing, because some people would say, well, I'm fasting because I'm eating less than I normally do or something like that. And so it's just a way to give you a standard at which you're supposed to hold yourself to in order to really give yourself a little bit of a struggle while you're fasting, because that struggle is meant to bring you closer to God. That's why they do it. It's not because they care the size of your portion on your plate. It's just that it's supposed to aid in your spiritual journey. And if you're just jipping yourself by saying, well, I'm fasting because I'm not in eating any full meals during the day, but you spend the whole day snacking, then that's kind of defeating the purpose. You know, a few things about the fasting is that there are exclusions. So if you're physically or mentally ill, if you're pregnant nursing, or if you're sick and fasting could jeopardize your health, then you're not supposed to fast. Everybody is encouraged to abstain, but fasting is only supposed to be for people, I believe, above the age of 14 and under the age of something else. So like the elderly, the super young, they don't need to fast. Now, this is going to be the first time in a couple years that I get to fast because I've either have newborns or I'm pregnant, something like that. So kind of excited for this time to be able to really push myself fasting wise and use that suffering to draw myself closer to Jesus and his suffering. So anyways, we've got these 40 days of Lent and it's meant to really get us ready to renew our baptismal promises, but then also unite us in the suffering of Christ and to really understand that huge sacrifice that was made for us and then have us be able to appreciate what we've been given. So we get through all of Lent and it brings us to Holy Week, which starts with Palm Sunday. And if you didn't know, the palms from last Palm Sunday are the ones that are burned, they're dried out and burned, and mixed with holy water in order to make the ashes for Ash Wednesday. The palms from Palm Sunday are blessed palms, so 
don't take them home and throw them away. Make them into a pretty cross, hang them on a crucifix or something in your house, and bring them back to your church next Ash Wednesday for them to burn them and make them into ashes. Holy Week is got Palm Sunday, Jesus is parading in Jerusalem, and everybody's all excited, and then everything turns. Maundy Thursday is the washing of the feet. If you've never been to that, it's it's a really cool experience. The priest will get on his hands and knees and he will wash the feet of, I don't know, maybe 12 people or whatever. And it's really cool to see the ritual done and understand the humility that Jesus had to wash people's feet when he was the king of the universe. And it puts it in like, it makes you feel like you're there. So... Then from Monday Thursday, you've got Good Friday, and sometimes Good Friday will have you have opportunities for you to go to Stations of the Cross and really kind of meditate and bring yourself there to like what happens. And I know one of the big things that like really hits me in the soul is when you're reciting the Passion and we're supposed to respond in certain areas. You know, the little book or whatever will say when you need to speak and when the narrator speaks. And we as a community have to be the ones that stand up and say, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. And it's just, it just puts you in the moment. So if you can get yourself to any of the masses on Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, which is extremely solemn, or a vigil service on Saturday evening where you're welcoming all these people into the church. It is such a beautiful moving experience. And then you get to sing all the alleluias after all the sadness on Easter Sunday when it's so joyful. And then we continue this celebration through Pentecost. So 50 days after Easter, we're continuing to celebrate until the anniversary or the remembrance of when the Holy Spirit descended on the world and on the apostles and we're able to live with Jesus within us every single day. So Lent can be an amazing time for some real spiritual growth, but just like in your relationship, it's not going to happen just because it's Lent. Like if you're not making an effort, then it's just March and April. But if you're making an effort, if you're really giving up something and taking on something else that's going to draw you closer to God, then that's when you're going to see just like these spiritual fruits come to fruition. And it's beautiful when it happens. So I want to go into a little bit more how we can make the most out of it spiritually. And it all, just like everything with God, boils down to love about willing the good of another over ourselves. And we do this through the prayer, the fasting, and the almsgiving. So out of this love, it's all self-sacrificial. So with the prayer, we are depriving ourselves of our own selfish wants to watch Netflix or scroll on Facebook or whatever these wants would be to spend one-on-one time in prayer with God. And I still have my 10 day 
fill your cup faith challenge. If you want to head over to holyhotmessmom.com slash fill your cup and you can sign up. If you use the code word podcast, code word, if you use the coupon code podcast, you can get it for free. Get in, get signed up for it and start building your prayer and relationship life through the homework in that. And maybe get yourself on a journey to have this really good one-on-one time with God. Make an effort to pray out loud with your family and with your husband and out loud for your friends and family too. Maybe head to adoration where you're spending one-on-one time with Jesus in the sacrament of the Eucharist, physical presence of his body, blood, soul, and divinity. Just sitting there, listening, you know, opening your heart and being aware Prayer is also the ultimate prayer is the mass, making sure you're going to mass and the ultimate union in communion, receiving the Eucharist, consuming it. And I have a whole episode on the Eucharist. If you want to head back to episode 14 of the podcast, then you can listen to all about the Eucharist. There's also episode 17 is on how to pray. So if you're looking for resources, then you can always head over to those two episodes, 14 and 17, to be able to give yourself a little bit of a faith boost with some of the tips and ideas that I have. The next thing that we have, oh, for prayer life, there's quite a few things you can do and you can read to deepen your relationship with God, whether it be your knowledge of God and getting to know him, like the actual study of God, which would be theology. And for that, I would recommend anything by Jeff Cavins, Scott Hahn, Dr. Scott Hahn, or Dr. Edward Suri, S-R-I, Edward Suri. Anything by those three theologians would really deepen your faith because you're going to get to know God. You're seeking getting to know God better via theology. And they put it in such normal people, human terms that it's not like reading a textbook. It is good stuff. So I have, I'll link to a whole bunch of books that I recommend from those guys. And you could also go to blessedisshe.com and get their devotionals. They have like a Lenten devotional and Advent one. So get that Lenten devotional. You could also go to, I think it's Dynamic Catholic for the best Lent ever. And it's a free like video course where they send you every single day, you get a video email and it's, uh, I didn't do it. I signed up for it one year and I never did it, (laughs) but it, I've heard from lots of people that it's great. So if you're looking for something that's just free and it's going to pop into your inbox, check that best Lent ever out. I think it's by Michael Kelly. You could also, my friend Diana, who I'm hoping to have the on the podcast soon. She made a seven day faith challenge for Catholic women. And you can find that on Amazon. I will link to that in the show notes, but it's just a workbook. It's Amazon prime. It comes right to you and you can work through this workbook and it's going to help you grow in faith. It, it helped, it's helped over like six. I think she said 1000 last time I talked to her. over 1000 people have got like, have gotten this book and gone through this challenge. And it's, it's been a huge blessing for everybody that's went through it. I went through the first seven day challenge when it was just an email course and it was amazing. So there's also the, the walking with purpose Bible studies. And these, they are, these are Catholic women Bible studies. And the first one you start with, with is opening your heart is the title of the actual book. And 
It's amazing. I will tell you, I have, I think I've been working on it for two years now because I'm not in a group study. I'm kind of picking it up and putting it down and picking it up and being really into it and doing it every single night for three weeks. And then I put it down. But I will tell you when I pick it up, when I do this devotional, it is spiritually changing. The things she says, it feels like it was written directly for my brain and for my heart. I can't recommend it enough. It is not cheap. And I think it's because it is printed in such low quantities that it has to be more expensive, but I will link to it. I think it's $40. I, I love it. I can't wait to eventually in my lifetime go through all the rest of them. I know she has like young adult ones and stuff too. So if you have kids, young women, you could always buy this for them for Lent. If you have a goddaughter or something, get these walking with purpose Bible studies. Get the first one, whatever it is, if you haven't gone through the rest of them and, and start going through it on your own because they're so fruitful. They're really, really great studies. I'll link to anything else I come up with because I'm sure I'll come up with some more like resources. You've got Blessed Is She, The Walking With Purpose, Diana's book. There's lots of stuff out there. I'm sure you don't even need anything expensive, just something free that'll get you like devotional or just pick up the Bible and read it every day. Pray about it. You know, it's not hard, but it's the act of making the sacrifice of your time and something that you might want to be doing otherwise, like scrolling on Facebook or being on Netflix and giving that time to God instead. That's what it's about. It's not about how big you do it or what you do. It's about the sacrifice you made out of love for somebody else. Not a sacrifice you made because you think that sacrifice is going to get you heaven. It's not. It's about sacrificing for the will and the goodness of another person. That other person that you're giving up your time and energy for is forgotten. The next is fasting. So I've talked about fasting a little bit before, but the fasting is really supposed to be to develop your self-control and that aids in our prayer. So a lot of people don't understand why do I need to fast? Fasting aids so much in prayer because that pain of hunger reminds us of our soul's hunger for God and that we're willing God over our own desires. And those are then physical desires, fasting, being able to spiritually grow that in order to get yourself through the temptation of wanting to eat when you're hungry, you can offer that up for people who don't have the luxury of eating whenever they want or offer it up and say, I'm not going to eat. I'm going to continue to have this stomach hunger because I want to suffer that in order to unite me more with Christ's suffering on the cross. That is what the fasting is about. And again, fasting is defined as the one full meal and two snacks that together the two snacks don't equal a full meal. No solid foods between meals. You can drink whatever you want. And remember, it's only necessary on Ash Wednesday, Good Friday, and all the Fridays in Lent. Some people fast all around. Now, I've got lists of some things people give stuff up that can be really good. And sometimes that includes fasting all the time of things. And they could be physical things, food, mental things, whatever it may be. You can also look at the fasting as what is something that you truly truly struggle with. Like we're not looking to snuff out a sin or a vice just for 40 days and then come right back to it because Lent's over. Like, yay, it's Easter. I can do whatever I was doing. We're looking to turn our hearts away from sin for the long term and turn our hearts towards God for the long term. So when you're thinking of something to give up, think about giving up something 
that may contribute you to sin. That could be gossip or eating certain things or after a certain time of day because it's the sin of gluttony or being lazy, things like that. But I want you to take on something that's going to get you to gain something in your spiritual relationship with God. Again, I'll go into a some list of some cool things I've come up with in just a few minutes. So the last one is almsgiving. Now, almsgiving historically is the practice of giving your abundance to people who don't have as much. And that could be, you know, the whole every time you say a bad word, you put a quarter in the jar and then you donate that somewhere. It could also be donating food to people who don't have any, donating money, maybe going online and finding somebody who you know is struggling to pay their bills and you pay their power bill or you send them a grocery card. It could be decluttering your house and donating all of it to a women's shelter, to maybe a NICU or some other like pediatric ICU or something that may need kids clothes. Doing it without getting a charitable slip for it. So you're not getting anything out of it other than the goodness of giving to somebody else who is in need. That's what the almsgiving is. Everybody looks at it as financially and financially is sometimes the best big way that you can give, but you can also give other ways. You can give to those less fortunate than you by working at a food shelter or give to those that are homeless by going out and buying toiletries. But the whole point is that none of this is supposed to be seeking anything in return. It's all about just giving up something of yourself that you could have spent on yourself in order to bring out the good in somebody else, the good for somebody else. Now, we're just going to get into a list of some practical things you can give up while gaining something spiritually. So I'll go over the things you could give up and then maybe some ideas of things you could take on. So one thing I did, I think it was last year and it was really good, was I gave up Netflix and Hulu. It was kind of a struggle because like Grey's Anatomy was on or Dancing with the Stars or whatever it was. But in, instead of laying in bed and watching Netflix or watching with my husband, I would sit right next to him or I'd lay right next to him and I'd listen to an audiobook or I'd read a book. It helped me grow so much spiritually because I picked all theological, spiritual, Christ-centered books. I would get lost in those books. And so in just the course of Lent, I think I finished a book a week, you know, so six, seven books I read in Lent. And it was wonderful because I, I was definitely giving up something that I really enjoyed, but I was gaining so much from it that it was like, I I kind of broke my habit with the Netflix, which was really good. Another one I read was cutting out spending on anything but necessities. So sitting down, deciding what necessities are. So things like gas, groceries, your consumables, like your toiletries and stuff, your mortgage or rent, your utilities, but then cutting everything else out and not spending anything for 40 days of Lent. Maybe you could take that money you would have spent spent in those 40 days and donated it to somebody or something. And another thing I heard was for the almsgiving is 40 things or 40 bags in 40 days. And I've seen different versions of this, you know, like get 40 things a day and put them in a bag or 40 things total. 40 things total, I feel like is not, for me at least, it's not enough of a sacrifice, but 40 bags could be really good. And you just donate them, 40 bags. And on your way home from church every day, you swing by the donation 
donations that are in drop them all off. That would be a really good one. Again, I've got my 14 day declutter course. So you could always go to holyhotmessmom.com slash declutter and sign up for that free 14 day challenge and run through how to declutter all your rooms and get yourself 40 bags. Donate those for your lunch. Another great one to give up is gossiping. Giving up gossiping and taking on thankfulness. So you give up gossiping and when you go to gossip about somebody, you take a step back and you think about it and you think, why am I thankful that God put that unique person on this earth? That will change your perspective. I've got a whole episode that I did on gossip, which is kind of like a hard one to hear if you struggle with that, but it is episode 20 and you can go through in your podcast app or whatever and head over to that one and listen about gossip and how the sin of gossip can just really hurt people so badly and it puts you in the context of the damage you really could be doing and how to help yourself stop and that would be a really good thing to give up for Lent while also taking on the thankfulness for that unique person. Another good one is no food after dinner or like after 8 p.m. So I've kind of been doing this just in my health journey because I know that I stress eat in the middle of the night very much. So I stopped eating after 8 p.m. and I don't eat again until I wake up in the morning. That's really been helpful. So that's a good thing that if you have this vice of eating too much, overeating, stress eating like I do, then maybe having no food after dinner would be a really good thing you could give up. And when it's 10 o'clock and you really want to go reach for a snack or something like that, open up your devotional book, open up your Bible and spend some time offering that suffering up or deepening your relationship with God. Another one would be no eating out and you could do the money you save or however for the thing that you give of yourself no starbucks no coffee period some people do no sugar they completely cut out sugar. I suck at that because I'm a terrible person. Like four or five days into it, I've got like, I'm like throwing up from sugar withdrawal because I'm a carb person. Some people do no TV at all, which I think I'm probably going to do. Might try to get my kids on board for that one. No complaining. No listening to music at all while you're in the car. Maybe just listening to podcasts or listening to nothing and spending the time praying. Maybe it's parking as far as you can away from the store so that you can walk a little bit further and pray the whole time that you walk pray for a person every time you pass a car or something like that. You could give up playing video games or you could give up social media, which a lot of people do, which is a hard one, but a lot of people do it. You give up social media. You could give up maybe something you spend a lot of time and money on that's not necessary for like your phase of life right now. You give up alcohol, maybe using electronic devices after dark. So no phone after dark or nothing with electricity after dark. Wouldn't that be crazy to just like only live by candlelight after dark for all of Lent? So I really suggest is try going through picking something as a family. So maybe no TV or only 30 minutes of TV or something, you know, really restricting it back so that it's a sacrifice. Picking something as a couple that you're going to maybe fast from and take on. And then something as an individual. And I really encourage you to also have your children give up something as an individual too. And that could be something as little as as what is your favorite toy? Let's put it in this box and we're going to leave it on top of the fridge and that way we can think about Jesus every time. And then as soon as Easter is over, you can have that toy back and you will be so happy of the gift Jesus has given you that you're able to appreciate this toy. Something like that. So I'd love to hear your ideas and the things that you're going to give up for Lent and any other ideas you have of just like really making it a rich spiritual experience, but not with like all this prep work because we all have kids or we have busy lives and 
and it's not like making a huge to-do about everything is not what it's about. It's about, this is about deepening your baptismal promises and really connecting with Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit through this entire Lent journey. And we need to do that as simply and as effectively as we can without adding the fluff. So if you have something that you've given up in Lent before that you felt was really transformative or helpful or spiritually awakening, then let me know. Tag me on Instagram, tag me on Facebook, message me, share Instagram stories, whatever you want to do and let me know. And I'd love to share it with everybody else. You can also always reach me at podcast at holyhotmessmom.com and send me any of those ideas you come up with also. And then finally, my plea, head over to that podcast app, give us a really good rating and review. And that way other people can find the podcast. This episode is over, but there's lots more content for you to check out on my website. Head over to holyhotmessmom.com for all sorts of downloads, posts, and ridiculous stories, as well as the show notes for today's episode. Don't forget to find me on Instagram and Facebook at holyhotmessmom, as well as in our exclusive mama Facebook group by searching Holy Hot Mess Mamas. That's Holy Hot Mess, M-A-M-A-S, so we can connect, share, encourage, uplift, laugh, and be virtual best friends. Do you have a topic or something you want to hear about on the show? Shoot me an email at podcast at holyhotmessmom.com. I'd love to hear your suggestions. If you like this episode, would you do me a huge favor and head over to your podcast app and give us a rating and review so that more ladies can find our podcast. The more great reviews we have, the wider we reach with our support, tips, laughs, and encouragement. I would really appreciate it. Until next time.